This episode of Brailcast Extra is made possible thanks to a grant from the Winston Churchill Memorial Trust. For more information about the Trust, visit its website at wcmt.org.uk. Welcome back. Coming up, note-taking, taking notes for others. A session recorded on Tuesday the 23rd of February 2021, presented by me and introduced by Dave Williams. Hello and good evening. A very warm welcome back to the Brailleists Foundation Tuesday evening Braille Masterclasses. I'm Dave Williams, the chair of the Braillist Foundation, and it's my pleasure to welcome you all again, uh, and this time every Tuesday for what has become a very popular series of sessions exploring different ways and means in which we might use our Braille skills um, to better effect. So uh, if you haven't been to all the sessions, uh, I would urge you to visit the Braillists.org media page, which is Braillists.org slash media. So really easy to remember. And you will find their recordings of our previous uh, masterclass sessions covering all sorts of subjects using a Braille hand frame. Uh, getting going with braille music, how to use braille to learn a language, what you might do if you wanted to use braille uh, to deliver a presentation, whether that be using uh, PowerPoint or perhaps um, you know other forms of public speaking. So lots of material there to uh, dig into, all completely free of charge. Uh, and also there will be uh, transcripts of those sessions as well. So if you or uh, someone you know is deafblind, then you will be able to access those transcripts in due course. Um, we've also got handouts as well that, um, that accompany the sessions um, and they really just summarise the key points and give you links to uh, further resources. So uh, do make use of the handouts as well. And if you want to discuss anything that comes up at any of our uh, Tuesday evening Braille Masterclass sessions, you're very welcome to join us on the Braillists forum, braillists.org slash forum. It's just a simple Google group. You can use it via uh, email if that is easier for you uh, and that's where we sometimes have some lively discussion about all aspects of braille so a little bit of housekeeping uh, before we get going uh, don't forget of course this and uh, all our sessions are run in line with the braillist moderation policy so that everybody can hear everybody else uh, we try to adopt a fairly uh, family-friendly environment and we request that you remain muted unless invited uh, to do uh, otherwise. There will be opportunities to ask questions during the session, at which point uh, we'll give you some instructions for how you can raise your hand uh, and then you will be able to be acknowledged by our moderator this evening, which is uh, uh, Mr. Ben. Hello, Ben. Hello, 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 Mr. Williams. How are you doing today? I'm very well. I'm very well. Looking forward to this one. So yeah. it's a, li a little bit more technical, this one. So tonight's session is all about how you would use Braille to make notes for others and specifically making notes for sighted people. So if you are a Braille user and you are required to make notes, how do you make your notes look good? particularly if you are using a Braille device, you know, that only has a very simple uh, scratch pad or very basic uh, note taker built in. Uh, we're going to be hearing about some techniques. We're going to be hearing about a system called uh, Markdown, uh, which enables you to, to make your notes look every bit as good as though you created them in Microsoft Word on a, on a laptop, but you did it 
all in your Braille device. So we're going to be uh, hearing about that very shortly. So um, that we uh, minimize the risk of any any technicals because there is some live demonstration as part of this and screen reader involved. Um, we've got two um, recorded segments um, that we're going to share with you. Um, the first one uh, is going to run for around uh, 25 minutes, uh, just under, um, and then we'll take a bit of a break. And if anyone's got any questions about that content, uh, then we'll take that at that point. Um, and then we'll play you the second segment and then there'll be loads of time at the end uh, for any final questions. So I hope that's all clear. So how you use Braille to make notes that look great that you can then share with your sighted colleagues, friends, uh, and so on. So uh, without any further ado, I'm going to put myself on mute and we are going to hand over to Matthew. Good evening. Welcome to this session entitled Note-Taking, Taking Notes for Others. Before I get started with this, I just want to clarify what exactly it is that I mean when I say taking notes for others. In this session, we're going to be talking about the situation where you are the designated note taker in a team. So, for example, you might be the secretary in a meeting typing up some minutes or you might be on a team uh, working on a collaborative uh, project and you've got to write down uh, some notes from a team meeting that you're having or write some notes from a brainstorming session that have taken place. What we're not going to be talking about in this session is the type of collaborative note-taking that sometimes happens where you have, say, a Google Doc open and everybody has the opportunity to just write things into the shared uh, Google Doc that's open on the screen. This is something we may come back to in a future session, but it's not something that's going to form the cut and thrust of this session. Surprisingly, uh, blind people get asked to take notes quite often. Certainly, in my experience, I get asked to take notes quite often. People uh, regularly comment on the quality of my note-taking, and I get told that I am probably the best listener out of everybody in a meeting. And so the skill of being able to take effective notes and notes that make sense not just to me, uh, but to a sighted person as well, is a skill that I've honed over many years, and I'm still honing it today but hopefully I'll be able to share some wisdom that I've accrued and some handy tips on how to do it in braille as we go through. So before we actually get into any sort of meaty stuff I think it might be worth taking a step back and talking about why is it that we're actually talking about making these notes look presentable because the whole point of UEB surely is that if you write notes in braille in UEB you can back translate them into print and they will look okay. This is true as far as it goes. Um, the, the point of UEB is that the coding elements have been standardized. So this is true if you back translate a BRF file into text all of the writing will be accurate, assuming that you have used the correct grade 2 in the first place. However, what you might lose is a sense of style, is a sense of format. And what you might find is that the style of notes that you find helpful in Braille are not necessarily the same style of notes that you, uh, somebody might find helpful in print. For example, in Braille... 
uh, notes tend to be certainly in my experience when I take notes in print they in braille sorry they tend to be quite dense notes um, with uh, you know okay quite a lot of paragraphs but not much space between the paragraphs the paragraphs are indented by maybe one or two cells there's not a huge amount of uh, delineation between say when a paragraph ends and when a list starts and when we go back from list mode back into paragraph mode uh, there is some delineation in headings but generally not by anything other than space so there might be a blank line and then the heading starts in cell one or there might be a centered heading but it's very rare that I use uh, typographical devices because they don't have the same meaning in braille that they do in print and there are devices which I use in braille which simply don't work in print like for example if I can't remember how to pronounce a word I'll probably write it in grade one or some hybrid form of grade two which is not technically correct according to the rules of UEB but that makes sense to me in my head and it's my notes so it doesn't really matter it probably would get back translated properly into text but it wouldn't stick out any in the print what sighted people need, or at least in my experience of sighted people, in order to make sense of notes is they need very clear delineation between paragraphs. They need very clear indications of when have we got lists and when have we not got lists. They need things in italics. They need things in bold. Um, clear headings uh, by, you know, by different colours or different font sizes, for example. All of this stuff uh, needs to be done in order for the notes not to look like this great big mass of text, which nobody uh, really wants to look at because what I find with sighted people is if they see this huge dense piece of text even if it's only a page if it's a page of dense text it's very off-putting whereas if it's a page of nicely sort of formatted text with with nice bits of bold and bullet points and headings it looks a lot more attractive and they're more likely to read it and they're more likely to be able to spot the most important things in the notes so in the remainder of this session we're going to be talking about an open standard called Markdown and Markdown will allow us to achieve this. It will allow us to embed formatting information in a sort of semantic way. And when I talk about semantic, I mean we're, we're talking about uh, what does this thing do rather than what does this thing look like. So we're not talking about a bold passage of text. We're talking about an emphasised uh, passage of text. We're not talking about something that's underlined and you know a, a, a few point sizes higher. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're talking about a heading. Markdown allows us to embed this semantic information in a very straightforward way that actually you may find it makes your Braille files more navigable. So you may actually find that it helps you as well. It allows you to write in a style that is actually not all that dissimilar uh, to the style that you would be writing in anyway. It's extremely portable. If you learn how to do it on one braille display, you'll be able to transfer those skills onto another braille display that you have in the future. It's very well recognized. You'll be able to import it into uh, apps on iOS. Uh, you'll be able to copy it into Word documents and things like this. So all in all, it's a very useful skill to have and it's a very useful skill to be able to braille in it. As I say, it's very well recognized. You may get to a point where actually you have a braille display connected to your computer and you use the input keys of your braille display in 
something like Notepad and you're writing Markdown on the computer that you can then go ahead and, and import into um, other apps or convert into, say, Microsoft Word. So I've touched on this already, but Markdown is a text-based language. We're not talking about writing this in Microsoft Word natively. We're talking about writing it in a text editor, like uh, the equivalent of Notepad on Windows. Uh, it would also work in the note taker of the Orbit Reader and the note taker of other Braille devices. So for example, the recently released Humanware Brilliant BIX series that can only save as text files, no problem. You can write markdown syntax in your text files, copy those text files back to the computer, and then use a tool to convert them into Microsoft Word. And we'll come on to that a little bit later in this uh, session. To start with though, I'm going to go into my living room and actually show you how to do this on the Orbit Reader. And thanks to the magic of recording, here I am already in my living room with my Orbit Reader on my lap. I decided since that uh, I was being recorded anyway, I might as well give you some atmospheric uh, difference just to sort of uh, break the recording up a bit. We'll see how successful it was when we get to the question and answer session. But anyway, I've got the Orbit with me. I'm going to turn it on. I'm going to hold down the power button as you normally would and uh, with any luck, there we go, it's come on and it's telling me I'm in, uh, I'm actually in the file explorer at the moment, that's fine. Um, I'm going to just find a file, I'm going to just uh, get out of the file explorer and go to welcome g2, just, oh, there's no particular reason for this, it's just it's a nice place to start. And I'm going to press space with n for new and that's going to create a new file. Okay, and here I am, and you can hear the cursor blinking. When I go to create a new file, by the way, it's going to create it in the folder that I am currently in. So I'm currently on the root of the SD card um, in, say, welcomeg2.brf. But if I was reading, say, Peter Pan in the children's folder, and I press space within, it would create a new file in the children's folder. I'm going to pretend that I'm writing a set of Braillists minutes and uh, the, the the orbit reader uses the first few characters of the file name uh, the first few characters of the file sorry as its file name so i'm just going to type in grade 1 m i n u t e s and then a dot which in us computer braille is a 46 and the letters b r f so i have minutes.brf and i'm going to press the dot 8 key or the enter to drop onto a new line so here i am minutes.brf and now the file will be saved as minutes.brf. You do have to write that in computer braille otherwise you'll get uh, funny uh, characters popping up in your file names. Now though, now we're going to come on to Markdown. The joys of Markdown. And we've already sort of touched on the fact that in order for this to work properly on the computer, you need to write in computer braille. Thankfully, we're not going to write markdown in computer braille for the purposes of this little demonstration. Um, however, 
you could write in computer braille if you wanted to and then you wouldn't have to translate. You would have to be careful though because one of the things that sighted people like and with very good reason is for your notes to be properly capitalized and if you write in computer braille it, it, I find I forget to write my capitals. So if you are going to do it in computer braille please remember to put capitals in uh, and otherwise do it in UEB and we'll talk about how to convert that UEB back into text later on in the session. So I'm writing a set of Braillists Foundation Minutes and I'm going to give them a title of Braillists Foundation Minutes and I'm going to uh, talk as though this is already a Microsoft Word document or perhaps a web page or something which means that I'd like this title to be at a heading of level one and um, you might be thinking, well, I'm on an orbit reader that doesn't have headings. How do I do this? Well, I'm going to type a hash symbol in Braille and that when it gets converted back into text in Markdown is the symbol for a heading at level one. So to do a hash in UEB, because I'm going to be working in UEB, I'm going to do a 456 in one cell and a TH sign. And then for Markdown reasons, I'm going to do a space. So I have 456 TH sign space. So a hash sign and then space. And now I'm just going to type as fast as I can Braillists Foundation Minutes. Fantastic. New line, new line. We definitely need to do two new lines. Markdown, the way Markdown does paragraphs, is that you have to put two blank, one blank line, so two new lines to make paragraphs. You don't indent your paragraphs, you do two new lines. And everything in Markdown is a paragraph. Um, a list item is a paragraph, um, you know, uh, any anything is a paragraph. So I've, a heading is a paragraph. So I've gone, I've got a paragraph. The first thing I'd like to put in these minutes is a list of everybody who was present at the meeting. And I'd like that list to be titled with members present and I'd like members present to be at heading level two. To do a heading level two, I simply have to do two hash signs. So I'll do this, I'll do 456th, 456th, space. Okay, very good. And I'll just type now, members, space, present, new line, new line. Now I want a list. I could actually just write a bullet here and uh, because I'm converting it into a Microsoft Word document that the bullets would work. However, it may not be styled up as a list properly and we, we really want it to be styled up as a list for semantic purposes. So instead of using bullets, um, I'm going to use asterisks. And to do an asterisk in UEB, you do a dot five followed by an IN sign. So I've done dot five, IN, space, and our chairman is Dave Williams, brackets, chair, new line, new line. Asterisk, so dot five, dot three five, space, Matthew Horsepool, and I'm writing in grade two, UEB, brackets, secretary, new line, new line. Asterisk, so dot five, dots, uh, three and five, dot five in the IN sign, space, and I'm going to type in grade two, Ben 
mustill hyphen rows. New line, new line. And for the purposes of this particular meeting, I'm going to pretend that that is everybody who is present. There may in fact be other people present, but uh, you know, let's, let's go with it for the purposes of this. So now I'd like to create uh, another heading and let's say we talked about uh, the future of the Brailists. So uh, Brailists future. And I want this to be at heading level two as well. So I'm gonna do 456th for a hash sign and then 456th for another hash sign. So double hash space and then Brailists future, new line, new line. And what we're going to talk about in this fictitious meeting that we're having is the Brailists Constitution. And we're going to talk about updating the Brailists Constitution. Now the Brailists Constitution is the name of a, a title, it, a bit like if you're writing Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, it's the name of a title. And in the cited world, it's quite common to put titles in italics. And this is where Markdown and UEB sort of collide a bit. What you'd really like to be able to do is put in UEB italics signs for the title of this book, or the title of this Brailists Foundation constitution in, in this case. Um, if you were tech savvy, you could do this and then you could open the BRF file in something like Notepad and do a find and replace and, and you could sort of, you know, make do amend with this. It's not really the way you want to be doing it though, um, because really you want the translation to be as automatic as possible. And also, if you're working on something like a brilliant BI X, you know, BI20X or BI40X or something like the Baum Vario Ultra or the Focus 45th Gen or any of these displays which have a slightly more advanced scratch pad than the Orbit Reader or even for that matter the Orbit Reader 20 Plus which has translation on the fly um, when it translates into text so in other words you're using the translation on the device rather than uh, the, the, the translation on the computer when you translate into text it will lose those UEB italics signs and UEB bold signs and things. So instead of using UEB italics signs, what we really want to be doing is using markdown italics signs. And the markdown italics signs are um, two underscores at the start of the italicized text and two underscores at the end of the italicized text. And in UEB, to do an underscore, you do dots four six followed by dots three six, so four six hyphen, and we'll do that twice. So I'm going to actually type a paragraph of text. I'm gonna type dot six, Dave proposed amending the, and now I'm going to type Braillist's Foundation Constitution. So I'm going to type dots four six, dots three six, so four six hyphen, and then another four six hyphen, and then dot six. Braylists space dot six foundation space dot six constitution and I'm going to italicize this full stop. Uh, I know uh, some people italicize their full stops, some people don't italicize their full stops. I think actually technically you're not supposed to italicize your full stops, but um, a die-hard transcription habit of italicizing full stops. So I'm going to put Braylist foundation constitution full stop 
4636 4636 and that has closed the italics that has finished the italics um, and then I'm going to type in particular comma he wanted to add a section about now I'm going to pretend that he wants and I'm writing all in grade two still by the way I'm going to pretend that he wants to add a section about conflicts of interest we actually do already have a conflicts of interest policy but I mean you know we have to make something up for the purposes of a demonstration, right? Now, this is when, for if, if you are writing notes for sighted people, it may be helpful to put the words conflict of interest in bold. Um, so that if they're looking at these notes very quickly, they can go, ah, right, okay, conflicts of interest, yes, that, that makes sense, um, and so on and so on. So, I'm going to put conflicts of interest in bold. In order to do this, again, I could use UEB bold signs, but I don't want to because they would get lost in translation potentially. So I need to use markdown bold signs, and markdown bold signs are actually a double asterisk at the start of the text and a double asterisk at the end of the text. So I'm going to type uh, an asterisk which we already know in UEB is dot five and the IN sign, dot five and the IN sign, so two of them. And this is how we know it's not a list, because if it was a list, it would be one asterisk. Um, so, uh, yes, conflict, so I've done my two asterisks, um, and I'm going to just type with no spaces uh, after the asterisk, conflicts space of space interests, um, conflicts of interest. I don't want an S on the end of that, do I? Now let's take that S off. So conflict of interest. And again, I'm going to bold my full stop. I don't know uh, necessarily that you should, but I'm going to. So conflict of interest, full stop, uh, dot five, dot three five, so dot five and the IN sign, dot five and the IN sign. And that has, um, that has closed the bold. New line, new line, because we want to start a new paragraph. And now I'm going to say, uh, with no formatting or anything, Matthew thought this was a long overdue idea. Full stop, new line, new line. So just a normal paragraph there, nothing untoward. We don't need to do anything. You know, we can just write in Braille as normal. Now, let's assume that the discussion didn't go very well and we, we need to make another heading at a, a level below this to talk about this. So we want a heading at level three. To do a heading at level three, we need to do three hash signs. And again, a UEB hash sign is dots 456 and the TH sign 456 So I'll do that now. 456TH, 456TH, 456TH space uh, capital conflicts and I don't think I've spelt that properly. No, I haven't. Kicked space of space capital interest. Uh, this is a bit, you know, a bit mad now because you would have probably done it a little bit neater than that. But anyway, enter, enter. Um, the following additional points were made colon. And I'll keep going. What I now want is a numbered list. Uh, so I'll do enter enter and if I want a numbered list I don't actually have to do anything special I can just type numbers so I'll type number one full stop um, 
the charity commission want us to have this policy full stop new line new line number sign two full stop we think it is a good idea full stop new line new line and I'll pretend that uh, that's all we've got in this set of minutes and I'll type uh, the meeting closed at 7 colon 30 p.m. full stop so I've now written this set of minutes which is of course very fictitious and uh, very incomplete but it's enough information for us to now go back upstairs and convert this into a markdown file and then ultimately back into a word file so um, I'm just going to save this before I do this on the orbit reader it'll vary on your braille display but on an orbit reader you can press the select key the first item in the menu is exit and uh, I believe you can just press the select key on that uh, yes you can and that has now put me in a, a readable version of the file so if I now press the dot seven key I've got minutes.brf and if I arrow up I've got manuals and if I arrow down I go back to minutes and if I arrow down again I get music so yes it's saved a file called minutes.brf in the root directory of the SD card and I'll just turn the orbit reader off and take it upstairs. A great uh, first half of a presentation there from Matthew Horsepool, who uh, has actually joined us uh, mid-presentation. Lovely to have you here, Matthew. Um, Dave, I think the uh, plan is uh, to maybe take a couple of questions. What, what do you reckon? Yeah, so uh, Jess has raised her hand, and if you would like to ask a question about anything you've heard so far, remember that the aim of the game here is to prepare minutes that are going to look great for a sighted colleague. Uh, so that's why we've been adding all these extra codes into our uh, document that we've created on the Orbit Reader, and then we're going to hear in a moment, Matthew, convert that document into a form that is going to look uh, very visually attractive. But let's go to those uh, those hands, Ben. Uh, we'll take a couple of um, couple of questions, and uh, I think we've got some activity in the chat, so we'll come to the raised hands first. Okay, so we're going to go to Jess first, and uh, we are getting quite a few raised hands, so we'll we'll see how many we can get through. So we're going to go to Jess first, and then we're going to go to uh, Panodius, and I'm incredibly sorry for uh, uh, almost certainly mispronouncing your name, but for now we'll go to Jess. Hey Jess, how are you? Oh, hi Ben. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Are you? Not too bad, not too bad, thanks. Good. Oh, I'm a bit confused with all this. So um, the markdown thing that Matthew's talking about, is that a separate program that you need to download, or is it already in the brailler or oh, i don't no. forget what the markdown thing is sorry markdown, hello uh, i'm here Hi, live now what do you know the, the joys of uh, the joys of doing two meetings at once what do you know no markdown is is just the code so that the codes that we've been writing like the the star sign and the the, the hashtags and things uh, markdown is like a, a language if you like um and so you, you need a program to interpret that language on your computer, but you don't need a program to interpret it on the Braille display. Um, oh, right, so it makes okay. it very light. So you could be on the train writing in Markdown and then when you're, I mean, haha, <laughs> in a lockdown world. And then you, <laughs> yeah. get, and then you get home. Train, what's with, that? <laughs> I know. 
and then you get home with this markdown file and then you you put the markdown file through a computer and it will turn it into a nice looking word file so it's literally just the codes okay and then so do you need a markdown program on your computer then is that where the program comes in is it just called markdown well, it's called Pandoc, and it oh, gets okay. covered in the second half of the oh, presentation. Okay. Righty-ho, I'll wait for that then. Thank you. Thanks, Jess. And, you know, it's, it's, re- it's always worth clarifying those questions as well, because it's one of those things where if one person thinks it, it's probably going to be more than one. Let's take so, another question. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to go to uh, Panagis. And I'm just going to unmute you now. And then who will be next? Uh, if we want to take another question, we'll go yeah. to Theo. Yeah, we'll take Theo uh, as well. Now you are unmuted. Uh, so you're currently uh, unmuted, but we can't hear you. Uh, we'll just give you a second or two to sort that out. Otherwise, uh, we, we will be moving on, not because we don't want to hear from you, but because uh, we do have quite a uh, packed schedule to go to. And uh, unfortunately, we still can't hear you. So we're going to go to Theo next. Uh, hey, Theo, you are unmuted. So I'm wondering, if I want a machine that has the choice of writing a text or a BRF file, what would be the best and easiest one when it came to conversion? So would, would, would you do .txt or .brf if you had the choice? Um. That's a slightly nuanced question. Um, it depends on the quality of the translator in your note taker, and it depends on the quality of the translator on your computer. My preference would probably be to save as a .txt if you're given a choice, because it's one less thing to have to do on a computer. But um, if you have more up-to-date translation tables on your computer than you do on your note taker, then you might want to save as a BRF and do the translation on the computer. Okay, thank you. Thank you for that, Theo. Okay, we've perhaps got time for just one more question now. Yep, I'm going to go to Margaret next. I'm just going to unmute you, Margaret. And there you are, you're good to go. Can, can you hear me? Yes. Hi, uh, speaking, from, speaking from Maine in the US, I'm just thrilled to be part of this um, wonderful collection of webinars. Um, I'm a bit confused. What about those of us of a of a certain age and a and a bit of stubbornness who've learned to read UEB but haven't quite managed to to write in it yet? Is there? It sounded like there was a distinction between markdown signs and UEB markdown signs, or or did I did I understand that right? Could you clarify? Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So what we need to end up with in the text file once the once the braille file has been translated into a text file that the computer can read what we need to end up with are hash signs and asterisks and underscores and all of these other signs that i've talked about because the standard code is ueb and uh, and i know ueb best because i'm quite young um (laughs) i i wrote it in yeah I, i wrote it in ueb with the UEB hash sign and the UEB underscore and the UEB asterisk. If you want to write it in, say, EBAE or British Braille or anything like that, and you can find the appropriate signs in that Braille code for a hash or what I think you might call a pound in in the US, if you can find those signs, then by all means use them and they should translate uh, properly. But 
some of the signs i i don't know for example if an underscore readily exists in ebae without going into computer braille so um it's a bit hit and miss but hopefully that sort of answers your question thanks for that margaret uh don't mean to hurry you along at all but we uh we do have a few more raised hands and we've got a, another section of the presentation to go also so we'll leave those um, hands raised for now. Let's play out the second section. I think it runs about 13 minutes uh, and then we'll have plenty of time at the end and we'll get through as many questions as possible. And thanks to the magic of recording technology, here I am back upstairs at my desk and I'm going to copy the file uh, that I've just created on my Orbit Reader to my computer for onward processing. Obviously, the steps are going to vary slightly depending on which Braille display you've got, but hopefully there's some good uh, conceptual information here that will apply to all Braille displays. So I'll turn the Orbit Reader back on, and it says uh, minutes.brf on the Braille display because I'm still in the File Explorer. That's fine. It doesn't really matter uh, whereabouts I am on, on the File Explorer. Um, I'm actually just going to press the space and dot seven and dot five all at once. And what's now flashed up on the display is two colons and a space and in grade one, mass storage mode. This is the mode that I want to be in. You could alternatively take the SD card out of your computer uh, and out of your orbit reader, sorry, and put it into your computer. That would also work, but we're going to assume that you don't have an SD card reader in your computer. So the orbit's now in mass storage mode. I'm going to... Uh, take the cable that came with my orbit reader although any micro USB cable would do I'm going to insert it into the orbit reader uh, with the teeth pointing down so the cable is now in and I'm just going to lean down uh, and plug it in to one of the USB ports on the computer there we go no notification from autoplay USB drive e. select what happens with removable drives okay so if you were paying attention, and uh, bear in mind I'm using JAWS with uh, Eloquence, JAWS 2021 for those who are interested, you heard USB Drive E. Choose what happens with, uh, with, with, with media, blah, 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 blah. Okay. PC. I'll just check the PC cursors on because I was doing some stuff earlier on. You don't need to worry about that. Um, I Because I heard it say USB Drive E, I'm actually going to go to the Run dialog box with Windows key R dialogue type the name of a program and interrupt that and type e colon and press enter usb drive e items new multi-select list box not selected adult 11 slash 0 okay so if i arrow down in this list children two of fingerprint three of 14 manuals four of 14 music five of 14 reference six of 14 you might recognize some of these I, folders I, as folders that you've seen when you're browsing through your sd card i'll keep going down rnib seven of 14 dot bkp fill history eight of we can ignore all I, these dot bkp recent history dot log file fill it dot log file dot minutes dot brf 12 of 14 and there we I, are BRF file minutes dot brf and I'm going to copy this into my documents folder. So I'm going to do a uh, control C and uh, I'm going to open documents in what I think is the, the normal way to do it. I don't actually use the documents folder on a regular basis, but you know, we'll go with it. So I'll, I'll press Windows E, File Explorer, and arrow a few times, Downloads, two documents, documents press Enter, documents, items, list and control V to paste. Minutes.brf 19 of 19. Not selected user. So I now have minutes.brf pasted from the orbit reader 
onto the computer. I can now Alt Tab USB drive, uh, USB drive E and Alt F4 out of it. And at this point, if I wanted to, I could actually switch the Orbit Reader off and disconnect it from the computer. When I turn the Orbit Reader back on, it will be back in standalone mode. Uh, so that's fine. If you use the Orbit Reader with your phone, uh, you will need, now that you've put it in mass storage mode, you'll need to put it back into Bluetooth mode uh, in order to use it with your phone. And instructions to do that uh, can be found in the iOS Masterclass, a recording of which is available on the Braillist's website. So I have a BRF file all ready to go. There is a free tool available from the American Printing House for the Blind called Send to Braille. The purpose of Send to Braille is to take any file, like a Microsoft Word document or a text file or a rich text or whatever, and convert it um, by means of the uh, Pandoc program, which we'll talk about later on, and the LibLui Braille translator into a BRF file. Luckily for us, this free tool can also convert a BRF file back into text, and I'm going to do this now. Um, I'm on minutes.brf in my documents folder. I'm going to press the applications key. Context menu, O, open, O. And I'm going to press the letter N, which is the shortcut for send to. Back from Braille, B. And you'll notice the first item there is back from Braille. If I keep going down, Bluetooth device, B. Braille, B. I'll see Braille. So if I wanted to convert it to Braille, uh, I could go there. But I'm going to go back up Bluetooth, back from Braille, B. to back from Braille. And I'm going to press the enter key. Leaving menus, documents, items, new multi-select list box, minutes.brf, available and, on this device, um, 01 It's basically, it, it's done, I just don't know. If I actually down arrow once now, minutes.brf.txt, 19 of 20, type text document. I have a txt file, which I can press enter on. Minutes.brf.txt, notepad, edit, computer, braille, And it's IP. opened up in notepad, and if I just read through it. Minutes, data, rf. Okay. Now. R-N-U-T-E-S, data, rf, foxtrot. There are... Uh, th th we can ignore this line. Um, this is because it's tried to convert uh, computer braille into UEB. What we actually want to do, minutes beta RF is actually the name of the file. And we had to do this to make the orbit reader give it a proper name. So actually, I'm going to go on to the next line. Number, new line. And I'm going to do a control shift home to go minutes to the top of the file and delete Number. that minutes.brf. But I'll just have another look and see what we've got. Number braille foundation minutes. Okay, so this looks very familiar with the hashtag there. Lang, number, number, members present. Okay, and if we look, you know, um, number, space, M, E, M, B, E, R, S, space, P, R, E, S, E, N, T. So it's kept Tango. all my capitals. Lang, star, Dave Williams, chair. Lang, star, Matthew, or school secretary. Lang, star, Ben, must rose. Lang, number, number, Braillist's future. Lang, Dave proposed amending the Braillist's foundation constitution by particular he wanted to add a section about star, star, flicks of interest, star, star. Okay, so. Um, there's a few interesting things that have happened here. Some of these are my spelling mistakes. Dave proposed amending. Dave proposed amending. I've spelt incorrectly. So I could uh, correct this at this juncture. M. Dave proposed amending the Braillist Foundation Constitution. I particular he wanted. I particular. I wanted think I particular made a mistake I. there. Space. I. I'll Space. just add an N. In particular, he wanted. To add a section about star star flicks of interest. Star star. To add a section about. Star 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 colon F. Now then. Yes. So. Because I put a star, I actually can't use 
the consign in conflicts of interest, but I had forgotten about this. Uh, so it, it, it's put a colon in. Um, I should stress as well that Centre Braille is using LibLui 3.12. The latest version of LibLui is 3.16. So there are some oddities in translation, but I think this is a legitimate uh, mistake. So oh. I'll delete this thing and I'll type in con. Uh, add a section about star star conflicts of interest. Star star. Land. Matthew thought this was a long overdue idea. Land. Number 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 conflicts of interest. Land. The following additional points were made. Land. One. The Charity Commission wants us to have this policy. Land. Two. We think it is a good idea. Land. The meeting closed at 7.30 p.m. Okay, so by and large, this is translated nice and neatly. Um, a few problems, mostly my spelling mistakes and some poor contraction use, but by and large, that's where it's. So I'll press Alt F4 and save document. that document. The final step on this journey is to convert this document, which is now a text file, into... Uh, a Microsoft Word document and we're going to use the Pandoc program to do this. The first thing I'm going to do is actually rename it because currently it's called minutes.brf.txt and I'd like it to be called minutes.md MD standing for markdown. So I'll press F2 and just back out and type MD and press enter. Rename dialog. If you change your file name extension, the file might become unusable. Are you sure you want to change it? Yes button. Alt plus Y. Okay, yes I am. So I'll press enter. Documents. Items view multi-select list box. Minutes.brf.txt. Available on this device 22 slash 0. Okay, and it has worked. Minutes.md. Available on this device. There we go. Fantastic. Now I'm going to go into the run dialog again with the uh, Windows R command and type CMD and press enter. See Windows System 32 CMD.x Microsoft Windows version okay. 10. This is a command prompt. Uh, if you're familiar with the command prompt, you'll know what to do here. Um, if you're not familiar with the command prompt, uh, there's a few commands that you need to know about. If you need to change drive, you just type the drive letter followed by a colon and press enter. Uh, if you want to change directory, as in our case we do, you type cd space and then the name of the directory. So you could type cd c colon backslash program files backslash whatever. There is a short code in Windows 10 called documents. So I'm going to type cd space documents and press enter. See users more documents. And you'll notice it's put me in the documents folder. I've already got Pandoc installed. Pandoc, by the way, spelt P-A-N-D-O-C. I've already got it installed. If I didn't have it installed, I would need to install it, but that's a very painless process. There's, a, there's an installer that does this for you. So I'm going to type Pandoc, P-A-N-D-O-C, space, minutes.md, space, which was the name of the minutes uh, file that we made. So I do recommend keeping these names very short. Um, just call it minutes. Eventually, you'll need to rename it and call it, you know, minutes 23rd of February or whatever the meeting happens to be. But in this case, just call it minutes and do your renaming afterwards because it will make it easier on the fingers when you have to type. So pandoc minutes.md-o, which is the output. Uh, so that says to send it to a file. So dash o space minutes.docx, which is the extension for a Microsoft Word document and press enter. New line. See users more documents. Okay. So, you didn't actually hear it say anything. You just heard it say new line C colon backslash users backslash mhorse backslash documents. And you might be thinking, oh, well, that's not worked then. It has worked. Don't worry. It, it, it has worked. If it didn't work, you would know about it because it would actually say it's not worked. 
But it didn't say that, it says it's worked, so we're all good. So I'm going to Alt Tab back to my Documents folder. Documents, Documents, Items View, Multi Select List Box, Minutes.md, 20. And notice I'm on Minutes.md, and I'm going to up arrow once and see what we can find. Minutes.docs. And I'll press the Enter key on Minutes.docx and see what happens. App Start. I beam. Minutes.docs compatibility mode word. Edit. Okay, so it's come up in Word. Let's have a look at what we've got. If I up arrow... Heading level 1, Railist Foundation Minutes. That looks good, and I'll just down arrow through this file. Heading level 2, Members Present. Level 1, Bullet Dave Williams Chair. Bullet Matthew Orr School Secretary. Bullet Ben Mustill Rose. You have to ignore the inconsistency buzzer there. Level 0, Heading level 2, Brailist Future. Dave proposed amending the Brailist Foundation Constitution, in particular he wanted to add a section about conflicts of interest. Matthew thought this was a long overdue idea. Heading level 3, Conflicts of Interest. The following additional points were made. Level 1. 1. The Charity Commission wants us to have this policy. 2. We think it is a good idea. Level 0. The meeting closed at 7.30pm. Okay, so... The me- doesn't that look nice? This is all nicely done. So, let's just check that the italics and the bold came out. Um, I'll turn quick nav keys on in JAWS. There are equivalent keys in NVDA. Quick keys on. And do a shift H. Heading 3 conflicts of interest. Uh, let's do another shift H. Heading 2 Brailist future. Okay, and turn quick, quick nav off. Dave proposed amending the Brailist Foundation Constitution. Okay, so if I um, start here, Dave proposed. proposed, and do like an insert F on proposed. 12 point, white smoke on grey 15, Cambria first pe- Okay, that's not italicized. Amending the Brailist bolded, 12 point, white smoke on grey 15. Okay, well, for some reason that's come out bolded rather than italicized, <laughs> but it uh, it did work. Foundation Constitution, period, in particular, comma, he wanted to add a section about conflicts of bolded 12 point white smoke on grey Okay, so um, italics haven't quite worked as we expected, and um, this is because of a problem in Markdown. Markdown has um, various different flavours, um, and I think probably I'm working in a slightly different flavour of Markdown um, to the flavour of Markdown that Pandoc was expecting. But nonetheless, you'll notice that uh, it, it has worked. We, we've got some sort of emphasis there, and actually all I would really need to do to work out that problem is just to do a quick Google search on uh, italics in Markdown, and that would sort out uh, that problem. I'd, I'd just work out what the correct syntax is. At this point in proceedings, I think it would be appropriate to open up for questions. So I'll pass it back to Ben. Uh, a really, really informative presentation there, Matthew. And I think it's probably you know one of those things where it might seem a little bit daunting at first, but actually when you when you stick at it and when you when you really give it a go, uh, Markdown for me, I, I use it quite a lot of work, is is uh, incredibly useful. Um, so. I believe we've got uh, around about 10 minutes for questions. We do already have a couple of raised hands, and I know that there's some activity in the chat as well. I don't know if uh, we want to, uh, maybe if we take these uh, couple of existing hands, then we'll uh, pop over to Dave with the chat. And then we might have covered the chat, actually. Uh, I only saw the one question in the chat, which I think we might have covered already. Oh, great. Well, in that case, uh, we'll get through these hands. And if anyone else wants to ask a question, as a quick reminder, it's Alt-Y on Windows, Option-Y on Mac. Star 9, if you're dialing in on a phone or if you're on an iDevice, such as an iPhone, iPad or iPod Touch, you can press the More button, which is in the bottom right hand of your screen, and then find the Raise Hand button. Uh, so we're going to go to Alan Dyke first, and then after Alan, we're going to go to Debbie. 
So, Alan, you are unmuted. Oh, we're playing battle with the mute game here. I'll uh, I'll just unmute you. There you are, Alan. You're... So, Alan, I'm trying to unmute you, but you keep on unmuting your, uh, muting yourself. So, if you can unmute yourself, uh, or I will, I will do it for you again. No, I'll just try once more. There you are, Alan. You are unmuted. Right. Uh, my hand is up by mistake. I don't have enough knowledge to ask any questions at this time. No problem. Well, great to have you here nonetheless. And one of those things... I've listened to it. It's a, a lovely demonstration. It gives me a lot of enthusiasm, but it frightens me to death. Oh, well, great, great to have you here nonetheless. Uh, so we're going to go to Debbie next. And then after Debbie, we're going to go to uh, someone who has dialed in uh, by phone, uh, someone whose phone number ends in 596. But uh, for now, we're going to go to Debbie. Hey, Debbie, you are good to go. Hi, Matt. Uh, hi, Matthew and Ben. It's Debbie from Canada. Um, you may have covered this already, uh, Matthew, but regarding the discrepancies between the italics and bold, uh, particularly the italics in UEB, uh, I'm assuming you mentioned during the end of the recording, it's a markdown problem and not a UEB problem. Yeah, so um, firstly, uh, hello, Debbie, good to have a, a former president of Braille Literacy Canada uh, on the call. So <laughs> it's it really good to have you. Um yeah, so I think there were two problems rolled into one. Um, the reason why I didn't want to use UEB italics signs and UEB bold signs is because, um, particularly if you were working on something that wasn't an orbit reader that was doing the translation on the fly, it could potentially be trans uh, translating into a format that can't actually accept italics and bold. And so the UEB bold and italic signs would just get lost in translation before I even got to the markdown stage. Um, whereas if you put the markdown italics and bold signs in, then they will stay because they're punctuation and therefore they'll get translated. It, it's not a perfect setup. Um, it's just the least worst option, I think. Um, the reason why they didn't come out properly, I did do some research after I did that recording, a very embarrassing accidental deliberate mistake um <laughs> the reason why they didn't come out is because I'd, I'd actually i think there are different flavors of markdown but also i i just got the wrong the thing the wrong way around um italics is actually a single underscore or a single asterisk and bold is a double underscore or a double asterisk and i just got the um the things the wrong way around and so given you slightly inaccurate information thank you no problem. Great question. Debbie, we're going to come to someone who is on the phone, phone number ending in 596. And uh, after 596, we're going to go to someone, and again, I must apologise for mispronouncing uh, your name. We're going to go to someone called uh, Severine. Uh, so I'm just going to ask number ending in 596 to unmute. And uh, if not, uh, we will try to uh, do something at uh, your end. Uh, so 596, just going to try to uh, get you unmuted again. And there you are, you're good to go. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I've never even heard of this pan, what's it, Pandoc? I've never even heard of that program. And where can you get it? Is it? Does it cost anything? 
No, so I, there will be a uh, handout. I, I didn't actually mention the handout, did I? So that's probably worth noting. Uh, there'll be a handout that will be available shortly after this session. Um, if you'd like a copy of it, then either look at braylists.org slash media or email us at help at braylists.org and we can send you a copy. But um, Pandoc is free. Uh, you can get it from, I think, pandoc.org and it's fairly painless uh, you you get an installer and you double click on the installer or press enter on it and, and it's just a standard you know please accept the license agreement type installer and you install it and then you can use it as i demonstrated it and there's no cost involved at all there's no cost for any of the software that i showed in that demonstration awesome thank you very much Great question as well, and uh, thank you for clarifying the handout. We only have uh, one more hand now, so we're going to come to you, and then uh, we, we might have time for one or two more afterwards uh, if anyone else has a, a question that they would like to... Uh, like We've to got a couple in the chat, so we can uh, we can go through those as well. Okay, so you are actually unmuted uh, now, so you are, you're good to go. You can hear me? Loud and clear. Good. <laughs> um, well, I think it, uh, it joins one question that is in the chat. Uh, I'm also a French speaker and, and uh, I use uh, the French grade two. So I was, but I, I'm not very good at uh, translating files. So I was wondering if the, the file, you, the program you mentioned to transform, um, yeah, grade two braille into grade one if that would also support uh french um braille. Ah, absolutely um i'm not going to try and answer you in french my french is very primitive but uh, <laughs> but okay. but good to have you so the first thing to say is that markdown itself because markdown is just symbols like you know hash signs and star signs and things uh, because it's just symbols it itself is not in french or english or whatever it's just in whatever language you want to give it so mm -hmm. again you'd need to find out in french braille what the signs were for an asterisk or a hash symbol or an underscore or something but yeah. once you've found those signs you should be good to go um okay. the send to braille program is based on liblui and there are options to set the braille table so it comes with ueb by default you can change it to uh, ebae or british braille or indeed french grade one french grade two oh, cool. um it's a little bit um technical i think you've emailed help at braillists.org already i think i've already had a chat with you uh, if you email <laughs> yes. I'll forget, but if you email help at braylist.org, if you get stuck, I can help you do that uh, because you need to open a batch file and edit a line of code in order to do that. And it may not be especially okay. obvious how to do it, but uh, very happy to help anybody if they want their Braille tables changing. Um, I can do it and send a file back and, and go about it that way. But yes, it's definitely possible okay. to do it. And, and it's of course, called send to Braille. Send to Braille. And the Pandoc program, um, to be honest... It, it's just a user interface, so it might have been translated. I don't know, but it's not actually looking at the language of the document. It, uh, it might give you English error messages, but other than that, it will work fine with French documents. Great. Thanks for that, Matthew. And great question, of course, as always. Um, shall we go over to Dave if we haven't answered the question in the chat? Do, do you think we've covered that, Dave? 
Yeah, I think so. There was this question about what's the policy of non-English Braille producers in respect of markdown. And I think Matthew has really already answered. And I suppose just to add that um, markdown tends to be used by individuals, Matthew, for, for kind of personal use cases is that fair it's it's not generally something that would be used widely by a um a braille production house no i wouldn't think so um i, I i'm not entirely sure if i've properly understood the question or if we've properly understood the question it might be a question that we might need to take um off list i believe you're looking to do things in greek and things like that so um if you want to email us if we haven't properly answered the question uh, we can certainly have a conversation about that um, but yeah, I, I think, assuming I've understood the question properly, that's that's how I would answer it. Okay, uh, and then uh, Russell, uh, I think it is, uh, wants to know: Is there a markdown manual somewhere? There are various markdown manuals, um, and it's a bit like you know, where do you learn HTML or where do you learn um, where do you learn anything? Um, there isn't an official. Well, there sort of is an official Markdown manual, but um, that I think, to be honest, if you just Google uh, Markdown, learn Markdown, uh, you'll find a Markdown manual. And I'll put some links in the show notes to various sources of good information about Markdown. That would be brilliant. Thank you very much for that. I think we've covered everything in the chat. We've got a couple more hands popped up. Uh, we are just over time. No, so, no should we, so should no. we... Um, draw things to a close and if anyone has a question that hasn't been answered in the session maybe we'll take that on email or via the uh, the Brailleist forum would that be your 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 preference gentlemen well we we don't yeah yeah we, we don't so. have we, any hands raised at the we, moment. oh we don't okay Tokis did put his hand up but i think he subsequently lowered it so okay all right um, well folks thank you so much thank you very much everybody for uh fantastic questions and uh, a really excellent session it's always good when uh we get really insightful questions and if we didn't get to your question many many apologies it was a busy session and you can of course contact us uh via the braillists forum braillist.org slash forum there will be a recording of this session posted to our media page at braillist.org slash media, and there will be a handout that will accompany that. Uh, but if you have a, a burning uh, issue um, that is not answered in either of those places, then do drop us a line, help at braillist.org, and we will endeavour to uh, get back to you. Uh, don't forget, we're here on Thursday, actually not on this particular link, but uh, the Braillist Foundation will be back on Thursday with our regular uh, Braille book club. Uh, we've got our, our Friday open forum session and then the Braille for Beginners class uh, continues on Monday evenings. And uh, next week we'll be looking at making notes in Braille in a very different uh, context. So uh, once again, thank you very much to uh, Matthew for uh, delivering a, a fantastic session and Ben for your help with the moderation from all of us on the Braillist team. Uh, take care. Have a great week. And until next time, bye. Bye for now.